Today is Disney Day, and what a day it is. That plus a review of Eternals and Doctor Who on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 129 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hi, Brian. Man, do we have a lot to talk about today. I bet. So, I'd known about this for a little while, but uh, today, uh, since we are filming on Friday, today is the second anniversary of Disney Plus, and so they decided oh. to have this uh-huh. huge event, Disney Plus Day. And they decided to drop a whole bunch of stuff. They were doing a whole bunch of celebrations. And, of course, they're trying to promote the channel Mm -hmm. and get more people subscribing to the channel. And I texted you and asked you if you'd seen any of this, and you hadn't. No, I didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't know, you know, Happy Birthday Disney Plus or anything like that. So I had no idea. Yeah, so being the jerk that I was, I didn't tell you nothing. Nope, not a thing. (laughs) <laughs> so I figured out we will reveal a bunch of stuff. I've got some pages of stuff to talk about. But one of the big things about Disney Plus and Disney Plus Day is that they are promoting the channel because they want people to subscribe. And one of the things they're doing for this weekend is that if you don't have Disney Plus and you subscribe this weekend, you get the first month for a buck ninety-nine. Oh, nice. Yeah. So and it's like six ninety-nine normally, but mm-hmm. that way they're encouraging people and they're doing this promotion with Target where you can sign up for Disney Plus there, and they've got some promotional stuff that they're doing. Really? Yeah, there's huh. some, there's some different online sites like Funko and mm-hmm. uh, the Star Wars store where you can get discounts on stuff for this weekend. And I know at the theme parks, they opened it up 30 minutes early for people who already had Disney Plus, and you could get on the rides before anybody else. And, really? Yeah, oh, so wow. they, they're really <laughs> pushing the whole Disney uh-huh. day. That was, you know, like those parks, you pay like $100 to get those skip line passes and things yeah. like that. Wow. But yeah, they had the blue carpet out for, for the <laughs> Disney Plus uh, subscribers. Uh, and I think they're doing that all weekend. But what's cool about this is that if you go on Disney Plus, you see a lot of stuff that they're promoting. Today, of course, on Disney Plus is the first day that you can now watch Shang-Chi. Okay. Jungle Cruise is now on Disney Plus mm-hmm. as well starting today okay i'm gonna try to get both those done this weekend see if i can get that yeah yeah so they're doing tons of stuff now one thing that i noticed although they're promoting a lot of stuff before i get to the pages of marvel stuff that they've promoted over today uh one thing i noticed is there wasn't a lot of star wars and Hmm. part of that i'm pretty sure has to do with the boat hasn't been steered all that steadily on the star wars side now of course we know book of boba fett's coming out we know that we're going to see the Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and they did a little teaser thing for Obi-Wan. Okay. But a lot of the other stuff is kind of up in the air as far as when they're hmm. going to bring it out. So there's really not a whole lot to promote, mm-hmm. which is a shame because, of course, everything else, they've got an entire special on Disney Plus for Pixar. They've got an entire special for Marvel, which is going over a lot of the shows that have been on Disney Plus mm-hmm. and stuff that we're going to be seeing. Is that Marvel Assembled, or is it? A, is this something different that it's, I haven't it's heard a, of? It's a completely new special. Really? Okay. It, it's like a 22, 23-minute commercial for what we've seen so far and what we're going to see. Okay. And we did get some uh, teasers 
I'm going to have to pull out the big list of the stuff that's coming out for... Very Paul Harvey of you. And now page two. And now for page two. Now, I'm not going to bury the lead. For me, this is like the biggest thing that they announced. And this was a complete surprise. No one knew about this until they announced it. Mm -hmm. And I know you're a youngster. I don't know how much you remember about the 90s. A bit. Mm -hmm. Well, for us 90s kids, Mm -hmm. or in my case, 90s young adult. Uh-huh. But for us, the big thing, back when they had Saturday cartoons, do you remember Saturday cartoons? Yes, I do. Yes, but the big thing was Fox on Saturday. Mm-hmm. and Fox we got... Kids and Fox Kids Club, yeah. Yes, and the X-Men. Yes, that's what first, when I became a fan of the X-Men, was the 1990s cartoon, yes. Well, welcome to X-Men 97, a new animated series that's going to be coming out that is going to be a continuation of the, of the 90s cartoon. Ooh. They are bringing the majority of the old voice actors back to do this, so the voice of Wolverine will be the one who did it back in, oh, in the 1990s. Yeah. Oh, my nostalgia feelings are just glowing right now. Yeah, so the new series is going to be called X-Men 97. Of course, now that Disney purchased Fox, they had the rights to all that, so mm-hmm. they must have been planning this for a long, long long mm-hmm. time well i mean even back in the 90s fox had disney in the afternoon mm-hmm. which is as soon as you got home from school that was when rescue rangers and ducktales and right. tailspin so that was early days of that so yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, and i did see online the little logo they had for it and of course it looks just like the 90s cartoon mm-hmm. and i saw some drawings of the characters and they look just like they did back in the 90s, so... Oh, fantastic. I listened to a podcast by Marvel and Stitcher. It's the X-Men, and they use that same theme right. from the 90s, but they go back to, like, the very first Uncanny X-Men with the first original five, but they're still using that, that 90s, I think, to draw in maybe some of the, the neo-geeks like myself, I suppose, would be. <laughs> that was, like, the big thing. Nobody knew this was coming. Nobody mm-hmm. had any idea. It was a big surprise to everyone, and, of course... I remember when I was uh, in my early, early 20s watching the show, my brother Craig would come over to my apartment. We'd sit on the uh, futon couch and we would watch mm-hmm. X-Men on Saturdays. And Eating it's coming. cereal and watching the Phoenix Saga. <laughs> oh, yes. Probably the best version of the Phoenix Saga we've ever gotten live, <laughs> to be honest. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. And just to let you know, this is going to be coming out, they say, sometime in 2023. So they okay, are. So we've got a while to go. We have a while okay. to go, but there are some things that are going to be coming out in 2022. We did get footage from the new Moon Knight miniseries. Hmm. And this is a deep cut. Now, Oscar Isaac is going to be playing Mark Spector, who's the Moon Knight. Moon Knight, I think the easiest way, of, and I've heard other people describe Moon Knight this way, he's, he's kind of like Marvel's Batman. Okay. Mark Spector, he has his white hooded costume it's very egyptian he considers himself the human incarnation of the egyptian khonshu but this character has a disassociative identity disorder and so Uh he has multiple personalities so khonshu is one of them there are a couple other personalities that he has and they Mm -hmm. fight each other for control so he's a superhero but he's also has these issues that's going to be really interesting of course oscar isaac is an amazing actor Mm -hmm. and the little stuff that we've seen, we know this is going to be like a really weird, dark show, just like Moon Knight needs to be. Okay, so all right. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I don't know that. anything about Moon Knight, but 
Yeah, that sounds like I'd really enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to be getting it sometime in 2022. So that's going to be one of the shows we're going to see in 2022. And we also got a little bit of footage of She-Hulk. Okay. And Mm -hmm. uh, getting to see Tatiana Maslany. She's going to be a great Jennifer Walters. And Mm -hmm. we did get to see a little bit of Bruce Banner in this. So (laughs) we'll get some Mark Ruffalo in this as well. And without going into a whole lot of details, there's a little bit of the old TV show Hulk throwback. A line is delivered. And if you know the old show, you... You won't like me when I'm angry? That's that's, the one that I know of. (laughs) And that's the one. Okay, all right. (laughs) You wouldn't like me? See, exactly. Okay. uh, They um, even pulled that one out for for Eric Bana when he played Bruce Banner. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's the line. Uh, and, and getting to hear Jennifer Walters deliver that line was hilarious. Okay. But uh, that'll be something else we get to see in 2022. And then we did get a little taste of Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, and getting to see a little bit of her powers. And, of course, the whole idea of she's just this young girl from Jersey. You know, those <laughs> type of people don't get to be heroes. Right. And she will, which is great. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Miss Marvel, they have right now in the comics is one of the most successful comics in Marvel at this point. Oh, and fantastic. then of course and then the, the Marvel Avengers video game, the Square Enix game, she's like a main character. It's like her story is like one of the main stories. Now mm-hmm. I, I believe they've changed her powers around a little bit. I think on the TV show, they're going to be more energy-based, where in the comics, it's more mass-based. You know, she's able to increase the mass of her body, but I think in the TV show, they're going to be doing more of an energy-based sort of a power. So That would probably be less expensive. Oh, maybe. Uh, Some flashing lights and things like that, rather than... Her hands get really huge. Yeah, like, uh, I guess, mocap. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure how they would be a bit of Kira. Well, I mean, certainly it is uh, easier to do CGI of a, like an energy hand than have her actual hand go large. And they may have tried it and thought, no, people are just not going to buy this. This is going to be a little bit too silly. <laughs> so now that's the last of the ones that we know of. We have at least some kind of a date of knowing when they're going to come out. The rest of these, some of them we knew were going to be showing up, but we didn't have any kind of confirmation, but we've heard rumors and there have been talks about this, about some of these shows, and some of them have been a complete surprise, but the one that surprised me the most but made me the happiest was that they announced that they're going to be doing a Marvel series on Echo. Now, this is another deep cut. Yeah, because I'm not sure if I've heard of Echo or not. Here's the thing about this and why I I think this is awesome. Echo is a character that hasn't appeared yet in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but will be appearing in the Hawkeye series. So the character's name is Maya Lopez. Basically her powers, she's very much like Taskmaster in that she has photographic reflexes. She can watch somebody do something. She can echo someone. Exactly. I get it, got it. And, but she's also deaf. It makes her a very fascinating character, the fact that she has to deal with that, but, you know, she's also very powerful. And this character is being played in the Disney show by, and I know I'm going to butcher her name, my apologies, but Alaquia Cox. And what's interesting, first of all, Marvel wanted to get this character as close to the comic as possible. So they were hoping to find a Native American. They wanted to see if they could find uh, a deaf actor to mm-hmm. play this character. And she checks off both boxes. She's deaf and she's Native American. Way to go. Good. And she's also a paraplegic. She has a prosthetic leg. Okay. Um, 
And here's the huge thing about all this. This is her first big acting role. Mm-hmm. She was, I think she was an extra, somebody standing in a crowd in a uh-huh. movie. And that was the only other time she'd been in front of the camera. This part was tailored for her. Yeah. yeah. Not only was it tailored for her, she didn't just get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's fallen headfirst into it because <laughs> not only is she a featured character in Hawkeye, but now she's already got her own spinoff season, <laughs> series where she's the star of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like she went from zero to 60 in like right. half a second, you mm-hmm. know, which I think that's fantastic. You couldn't ask for a better setup for a new actor mm-hmm. to be able to just getting started to just right at the top. Also, and we don't have a date for this either, but we knew about Ironheart. They announced that and we got a new logo. A lot of these we've gotten new logos for. And I've been hearing rumors about this one, but they've confirmed it. And we got a logo for Agatha House of Harkness. Oh, wonder how that's going to go. Awesome. So we may see a little bit of her in Doctor Strange 2, but she's going to get her own series. Mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn, of course, I love Agatha Harkness and this whole pun, a house of Harkness, I, I can go with. <laughs> Although I have to admit, I was kind of hoping they were going to call the series Agatha all along. Uh, yeah. So she's going to get her own live action spinoff, which is going to be cool. We got a new logo for Secret Invasion and we got to see a new picture of Nick Fury with big gray beard and no Ooh. eye patch. Okay. So we know he's going to play a big role, obviously, in Secret Invasion. And we knew we were going to get a second season of What If. They verified that we will be getting that second season of What Yay. If. And we'll be getting that second season of Loki. They announced that as well. We're also getting a more kid-friendly show called I Am Groot. Oh, So it's going to be an, an-, an animated series okay. uh, that is going to feature Baby Groot. Oh, so. I wonder if they're going to bring in Vin Diesel and mess with his voice again, or if they're going to get him a wee tiny voice. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully so. And they also announced a new Spider-Man animated series called Freshman Year. So basically, this is going to be the story of... Peter Parker right before he became Spider-Man. Hmm. So it's an anime origin story. Yeah, so it's going to be very much drawn in the style of the old Dicka comics, mm-hmm. and so it's going to be a nice throwback, but you'll get a chance to see Peter before he became Spider-Man, but I'm going to be really interested to see what they do with it, but uh, of course we don't have a date for that either. And finally, we have to talk about another show that I suspected was going to happen, but they officially announced that they are going to be doing Marvel Zombies. So we are now <laughs> Now, animated uh, our okay new animated uh, marvel zombie Yay! series so which i wanted i was like give me six episodes of that i'm yeah. just awesome so that's what we've seen in marvel so far and of course there's other shows pixar stuff and they've talked about how they're going to be doing a hocus pocus too on mm-hmm. this you know, i've seen uh things for that. sarah jessica parker in costume so and it's already come out i've been waiting for this i was hoping we were going to get this Season two of The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. It premieres today. There's Uh like five episodes out. And between editing this, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be watching that. Yes. So so there may be some other stuff that comes out today. That's pretty much all we got so far. If anything else new, obviously we'll talk about that next week. Mm -hmm. But it was really cool the fact that they were able to surprise us with a lot of stuff which we weren't expecting. Yeah, and getting people excited about it. What drew me to getting Disney Plus was last year when they were offering Hamilton for it. And so I got Disney Plus for Hamilton and I think I stayed for Marvel I'm not sure (laughs) I can't remember now I'll have to go back and listen to our episodes to see (laughs) (laughs) when it happened yeah Mm -hmm. so it was great we got a bunch of surprises which is really cool but uh, there was one thing that wasn't a surprise and this is definitely something we're going to have to talk about but a couple of days ago some weird stuff happened concerning Spider-Man No Way Home 
I know I hadn't really talked to you about this either, <laughs> but no. this is a really weird situation. So uh, that sounds concerning. I, I'm not sure, but let me tell you basically what happened. Now, there is a film journalist by the name of John Campia, and I think I may have mentioned him on this podcast before. I've seen him for years, back when he was doing YouTube videos with Collider. And for the last, I want to say, two or three years, he's been doing his own YouTube channel. You know, he's very well respected. And because, you know, he's cooler than we are, he gets, <laughs> to, he gets invited to press screenings of movies. He gets to see things weeks ahead of the rest of us mere mortals. <laughs> and he has a good take on a lot of stuff. And he's a decent, good guy. So what happened was he gets a lot of stuff. People from studios send him things, and he gets snippets of news. And sometimes somebody in a studio will tip him off to something. That's how respected he is. Well, he got some photographs, and they were reported to be photographs from No Way Home. And he looked at them, and he was like, well, these are obviously not real, because he looked at them and just assumed that they were fake. Uh-oh. And, uh, yeah, I think you're starting <laughs> to see where some of this is going. And he said, well, you know, if you look at it, you can see the lighting is not quite right here. Some of the stuff looks mm-hmm. digitized. But these are really good fakes, and they're fakes based off of things that have been rumors about the movie. He said he got four photographs. He posted two of them, and what he did was he put his watermark on it. And he said he did that because he had posted some of these things before, and they got a lot of views, and people took them but didn't credit him. Obviously, he felt like even though they were fan-made, they were given to him exclusively, and so just so that people would know that they came from him. And so he put them up on uh, Twitter. And then five minutes later, he gets a call and says, I think that those are real. And he goes, no, no, no. Those are, and he goes, no, I'm, I'm over 100% sure that these are real. Oh, no. And he said, oh, well, keeping this PG-13, he said the S word, and then he did the S word, and then he yanked everything off. Oh. He pulled them. And uh-huh. one of the things that he said was, those weren't even the juicy ones. He said, stuff that people had heard before, mm-hmm. people suspected. Okay. So he thought, well, you know, somebody basically did. These mm-hmm. were the rumors. So let's do a, a fan picture that looks like these rumors. Mm-hmm. He still didn't think they were real. Mm-hmm. But he figured, well, why take any chances? I mean, obviously, because part of his job is having a good working relationship with the studios. And so mm-hmm. you don't want to make anybody don't angry. Don't jeopardize that, yes. Exactly. And so he yanked everything, but of course the internet is forever and people had toothpaste in the tube yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and people had already done captures of it and so so those pictures were released and even though i realized by me not saying what those pictures were right now that i'm pretty much guarding an empty safe because anybody can do a google (laughs) search and you can see them but Mm -hmm. under the circumstances just for my own morality's sake and if you talk to john campia about this now he goes oh i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) you know of course he doesn't say that seriously he says that very tongue-in-cheek but Mm -hmm. that's the way that he phrases it because Mm -hmm. what happened just a little bit later was as he put it he got a call from a studio that begins with the letter s <laughs> and they said, well, we're assuming that you thought those were fake, which sounds like, wait a minute, are you saying they were real? Here's the thing. Some of this stuff does appear to be somewhat digitized, but uh-huh. in Hollywood, when you make a film, you do storyboards. You set up all your right. shots and everything. And in the old days, you would do drawings, and then there were computer programs that let you do like stick figures. And now what they use 
is very much photorealistic. So you can set up a shot that looks pretty much what it's going to look like when they actually shoot it. Because Mm -hmm. they do scans of the actors and they use it to set everything up, right? And so it may have looked digital, but these may have been these photorealistic storyboards that are going to be used for the movie. And so although they're not actual photographs from the set, they are scenes that are going to appear. So they are, in fact, spoilers. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, especially when you get a call from the studio. That starts with S. That starts with S that suddenly mm-hmm. things get a little bit yeah, uh, like, nerve-wracking. Uh, we understand uh, what you did, but <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, some mm. people were saying, oh, he knew those were real and he leaked them on purpose. Mm. And I have to say, this is my personal opinion on this. The fact that John Campy has been doing this for so long, and of course, goodwill with the studios is mm-hmm. absolutely vital Yes, for the type of work that he does. Mm-hmm. That For his livelihood now. With, number yeah. one, he's not going to leak something if he doesn't think a studio wants him to leak it. And two, he's certainly not going to put his name on it so that if the studio wanted to figure out where the heck did it come from, well, his name's all over it. Yep. So Mm -hmm. it was a horrible accident. And again, no one's really saying, are these real or not? But there's some verisimilitude in these photos somehow. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, like I said, uh, it seems like uh, John Campy is out of all the hot water that he was in Mm -hmm. and things are going to go back to normal. But man, do we have stuff to talk about? (laughs) Ooh, Yeah. So that, Mm -hmm. that was a a bit of a thrill that we had this week. Uh So the uh, theory is, and I think this is going to pan out of course, is next week we get the new Ghostbusters movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm very much convinced that we're going to see the new Spider-Man trailer. Trailer. Okay. in front of that. And so obviously Sony doesn't want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but we might get more information. Now we did get a new poster, which you can look, you can see a little green goblin that's on there. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw the pumpkin bomb. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we, we heard the voice. And, and we heard the voice. So we knew that. So um, the fingers crossed we yeah. Will and Defoe. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. We shall after. see. Now, speaking of movies, I did go to see Eternals. And, and so we're gonna you ta- changed your mind and said, yay, God's doing God stuff. Oh, God, I wish. Oh, no. <laughs> now, and I've said this before, and I've always said, if you really love a movie or you really hate a movie, that's fine. And if you've made a movie that people either really love or really hate, then mm-hmm. that's, that's a good thing. The bad thing for a movie is when it sits at the level of meh. Meh, where yeah. you don't really like it or hate it. Okay. And that's where I am, unfortunately. Oh. It's oh. a it's a meh movie for me. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of spoilers, and I'm not going to tell you don't go see it, because I understand what I'm going to be talking about in this review is going to be mostly my personal preferences when it comes to movies. Okay. And I've heard a lot of people say things like, you should really support this movie because Marvel was taking a risk and you need to encourage people to take a risk. And I do believe that movies should take a risk. Marvel should be willing to take risks. Mm -hmm. Having said that, you also have to understand that when a studio is taking a risk... They're taking a risk, which means that it might not work out. Um, I wouldn't say that I didn't like it. I'm kind of in that middle ground. Okay. It isn't a typical Marvel movie. It is not the action-packed film that you're used to seeing in a Marvel film. And although I love it when movies take risks at the same time, no one's ever ordered a pizza and said, well, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) That's not why you ordered a pizza. (laughs) So there are certain things that you want in a Marvel movie that... I didn't particularly get in this one. 
not necessarily bad. To me, it has more to do with, did the movie work as a whole? Okay. And I will tell you where I think, ultimately, for me, the movie didn't work. And this is something I think you're going to understand very well because you're an artist. Okay. If you are trying to establish scale, you can't do it in the object itself. You have to have something you compare it to. Right. A known property that you can compare something else to. Mm-hmm. And I think really that's where we run into an issue with this movie because it's it's a movie that's trying to be very cosmic in scale. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the power level between the deviants and the Eternals is pretty much dead even. Although I would say maybe it leans a little bit more toward the Eternal side. Okay. And so because they're, they're mostly evenly matched, exactly how powerful they are doesn't really come through. You don't know. They're just two groups that are fighting. Okay. And so this idea of that this is a cosmic battle doesn't really come through because you don't have really anything to compare it to. You know, you don't have any Earth heroes having to fight these things and getting just obliterated, you okay. know, and beaten. Uh, see. Uh, except for a couple of human characters, the humans are sort of a backdrop. They don't really enter in the story that much. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is, as I've said... One of the problems I have with God's doing God stuff is that it becomes very insular. Everything that's usually an issue is stuff that's going on in their little circle and that's it. Although these things are supposed to have massive consequences, it doesn't really cause a blip on the outside. Or at Mm -hmm. least not one that's apparent. Even though toward the end something really huge and massive happens, but the Eternals make it feel smaller than it is. Just because of that whole idea of scale. Mm Mm-hmm. Although I love a slow burn, I have to say that there was a lot of talking in this. And I hate to even say this part of it, but I had a a bit of a long week, and this was a Sunday, and I went to to the movie in the afternoon, and I was a bit tired, and I nodded off a few times in this film. uh Now, I didn't miss anything, because it was just (laughs) like a little, you know, I was Mm -hmm. like, and I shook myself awake. So I think I still heard everything. Yeah. But if I did miss stuff and didn't notice it, that's even a bigger, (laughs) that's even a bigger problem. To be honest, without going into a whole lot of spoilers, the Deviants really don't weigh into the movie as much as you think they would. Hmm, And they build up one of the Deviant characters just to basically throw them away when they don't need it anymore. It's just Uh kind of disposable. Okay. And they do something else with the Eternals that, and again, I can't really say what it is without spoiling it, but the minute it happens, you suddenly no longer care about the characters. Oh, Mm mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think if there's a way for me to explain why that is without really spoiling the movie. And that's okay. that's the other thing, too, I will say about this. This plot is really dense, and I understand now why we got the trailers that we did. Okay. Because if they had said anything more about that film, they would have mm-hmm. spoiled it. Okay. Uh, the plot so is, it's not just like getting angry at the characters. You just no longer... Yes, there's a... Doesn't matter. When this thing happens and you realize this is going to happen more than once, that it's not going to be a good idea to emotionally invest in these characters. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will also say that there was a lot of good actors. I don't know if they were used to their full potential. Oh, okay. So I got to say, the movie was beautifully shot. Mm -hmm. It certainly was. It looks like a film that was shot by an Oscar-winning director. Mm -hmm. But there was definitely a lot of stuff that was just really undercooked, underdeveloped. From the beginning, all the memes have been, like, you know, absolutely against it. The Marvel fandom woke up already mad at the Eternals. It was like, where were you? And they say, we're not allowed to interfere. And the fans are like, bull. You're literally the deus and the deus ex machina. And you should have done something... (laughs) 
So, yeah. you know, having that, you're yeah. a god. Well, here's the other part of it, too. One thing you learn watching the movie is that the Eternals cannot interfere with anything in humanity unless it's something <laughs> that apparently will work against their best interests for humanity. So they interfere all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they interfere in ways that isn't productive to the mission that they have uh, on Earth. Mm -hmm. But the minutes they're doing something that it's like, okay, we don't really want them to do that. Mm -hmm. Suddenly now they can't interfere. It's like Captain Kirk and the Prime Directive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they will interfere up to a point. They will give out technology. They will nurture humanity and give them ideas. And then suddenly they want to start going to war and things like that. And suddenly, nope, nope, that's not our problem anymore. <laughs> But you have a mission here. <laughs> that was something else that bothered me. It, it was very convenient that it's like, well, we can't interfere, but you're doing it all the time, mm -hmm. just not when it helps anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. To be fair, there were a few times where they helped humanity on a small scale, but that develops into something more as it goes along, which, again, a spoiler, but... That's one positive thing I could say about the script is there's a lot going on and it's obviously more sophisticated than your average Marvel movie when it comes to morality and the lines between good and evil and things are not so sharply drawn, which I enjoy that in a movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they did it in there. There was there was just a lot of stuff that just didn't click for me. The uh, two after credit scenes were... Once again, I would say very much like Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the after credit stuff was mm -hmm. actually cooler than the movie. That they, <laughs> but I had to sit through Let There Be Carnage <laughs> to see it. This was the same thing. Okay. We got introductions to like four different characters. And but familiar to a Marvel fan? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I, think, I, I would say not to a Mar maybe not to a, an MCU fan, but especially okay. in like the comics, you would know. All right. So... And one of them was really odd. Unless you kind of do a deep dive in the comics, it's not a character you expect to see. Or at least in this case, you don't see them. You just hear their voice. And it's somebody that you knew was going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, a lot of people missed and thought it was something else completely because without knowing that deep cut, it doesn't really make sense that this particular character would be appearing in this scene. Hmm, okay. Uh, yeah, so go see it if you want. <laughs> I think... Uh, I might uh, wait. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be out mm -hmm. on Disney Plus here eventually. Not too long. Yeah, I'm so, going to get uh, 10 rings in probably this weekend, so see how I can... And I definitely want to hear what you have to say about mm -hmm. that now that you're getting a chance to see it. But we, that leaves us with one last thing to talk about, which is Doctor Who. So we did get a new episode, mm -hmm. um, which you're still still haven't seen yet no uh -uh, none of them yet and um, yeah i checked on my amc package it's not the right one that would let me have it so well we'll figure mm -hmm. a way to get you caught up on all this yeah. but i will say this episode again don't want to go into a whole bunch of spoilers but it's going to be a continuation of what we saw last week although where the first episode was a lot of different things that were thrown in uh, because you had a bunch of threads to uh, establish. To yeah. establish, this episode focused more on one thing: it was the Santarans, and so we get an idea of what they're up to. And there were a couple of moments where you kind of get away from that story, but the Santaran story was the centerpiece. It was the pillar of everything that was going on around it. One thing that Doctor Who has done in New Who, which a few people have criticized has been this idea of the mystery box, uh, which they've done from the beginning. This whole idea of you have all these 
separate stories. But there's this thread that's running through which you don't understand what... Like Bad Wolf? Yeah, like mm-hmm. Bad Wolf, okay. exactly. Or, or Saxon. Or um, Torchwood, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Torchwood, yeah. Okay. So the mystery box, mm-hmm. you know. It seems like this season of Doctor Who, we're getting the mystery box on steroids. We have this thread that's running through, like the mystery box, but we're spending more time with that thread. We're seeing more with Swarm and Azure, and we're getting more of an idea of what their plan is, or at least we're seeing it unfold. One thing that I will definitely say is, and it's something that I worry about a little bit, is that we are kind of getting to this point now with Azure and and Swarm where they're going to have to very soon show the audience why they're as dangerous as they are. Because at this point, they're just asking us to <laughs> to just accept the fact that they're very dangerous, this, okay. that they're the Doctor's most fearsome foe in a time that the Doctor doesn't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have to pay that off, and soon, if they mm-hmm. want us to care about those characters and worry about how the Doctor's going to take care of them. Now, this is the second episode, so mm-hmm. this third episode, they're going to have to pay off those characters and make them a threat and not just ask us to accept that they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of, like I said, it looks very much right now like this is a mystery box on steroids, it doesn't right now feel like we're getting a continual storyline. It feels like we're getting individual stories with this core that's running through it. A bit anthology-like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much like in Old Who, the, A Trial of a Time Lord. It was like an entire season where they had episodes, but there was this thread of the Doctor being on trial with the Time Lords. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these stories, the frame of it was moments where the Doctor's interfered, where he did something horrible or whatever, and hence why he was on trial. And I feel like this whole story with the Ravagers, it's that joining thread, but it doesn't have an awful lot to do with the stories that are being told right now. That may change as things go along, and I hope that does, because they're throwing a bunch of stuff at us now that we don't really know what the significance is, very much like the mystery box. We're told that this is a serious situation. We haven't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. Going back to, like, the first episode, is this a good episode or a bad episode? It's a hard question to answer because they set up a bunch of stuff, and if they pay it off... I think it's going to be a good episode. If they don't pay it off, mm-hmm. maybe not so much. Okay. But honestly, I think this next episode that's coming up, I'm going to be very keen to see what they do. Because if they ramp up the threat toward the end, that's going to be a slog. <laughs> and the other part of it, too, is if they ramp up the threat toward the end, you don't get a whole lot of time for resolution. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case then the payoff is probably not going to be that good Mm because they're not going to have the time to really develop a viable and satisfying conclusion. I did see a news report saying that they have already filmed Jodie Whittaker's regeneration scene. And I believe it because it was Radio Times and it was Chris Chibnall who said it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a rumor, but it's, wait a minute, don't we have specials? What's going on here? Mm. Why have they already filmed it? Your first thing you suspect is that these specials were a red herring, that... Jody is going to die at the end of the season. But if that's the case, and you set up this whole specials thing as being a red herring so that when she regenerates, it's going to be a surprise to everyone, 
then why, if you're the showrunner, do you go on the Radio Times <laughs> and spoil your own surprise and say, well, we've already filmed her regeneration? <laughs> they may have filmed it because it's going to tie into the series in some way, and it's going to be easier to film it now and then put it in one of the specials. Maybe that's the case. But, you know, why did Chris Chibnall even say that? Why did he even, <laughs> why did he even mention it? And he's like, well, you know, uh, it was a very touching scene. It's like, yeah, they, they're supposed to be. That's how the way those things work but you know why talk about it now mm-hmm. especially if you're going to risk spoiling your own tv show but he's on the way out i guess so i guess it doesn't i guess it doesn't matter but we shall see yeah i guess we will see and so with that said we come to the end of episode 129 thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the geek watch podcast for mandy petrie this is brian hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there We're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.